Welcome to Tackless Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Tackless Radio. And I'm excited for this one because I know the last couple of episodes we've talked about mental health, we've talked about generational trauma, we've talked about self-care and yoga and how we can de-stress. We want to flip the script a little, a little bit and talk about things that really shape the culture, and that's hip-hop. So I got a friend with me today, Larnell from Easily Offended Podcast. How are you today, sir? I am good. I am good. So like now tell us a little bit about what you are up to in terms of life. What do you do? What do you want people to know you for? And of course, tell us about the Easily Offended podcast. Um, well, I've been in the game for maybe like 20 years in Chicago music. My brother's uh, DJ Fairs, so we've worked and we've done college nights. Um, we're all in my early 20s. I started working for a record label called Lawless Inc., where we had artists, uh, King Louie, Katie Got Bands, Bird, Bacon Boy, and Schaefer. Um, I worked with them for two years, traveled with them doing concerts and interviews, Southwest by Southwest. I left out of that, and then I started doing L, uh, started doing Boogie Nights. So Boogie Nights was where I brought independent artists at Promontory. It was a, a six-part series that stretched out throughout the year. And I brought independent artists to sing their favorite covers and their original music over live music. And then after that, I started Easily Offended Podcasts, which is just basically a podcast that's more um, Chicago-based. Um, but our topics are more universal. Learned that having a podcast specifically talking about Chicago, it kind of puts you in a box a little bit because everybody's not from Chicago. So a lot of people that we have so that's from L.A. and California and stuff like that, some of the things they can't yeah, relate to. Yeah. So we're trying to keep it international so people can really feed in on the topics that we talk about. So Exactly. And you would be the perfect person for us to talk about hip hop, female MCs, where the women are in terms of the rap game, everybody's top five. And my favorite, Double XL Freshman Class List. So if you all are not aware, the Double XL Freshman Class of 2022 recently just dropped. And it is a prolific class, if, if I do say so myself, for the simple fact that we have three female MCs. Shout out to what I believe to be the first gay rapper out gay rapper on a double xl cover which would be saucy santana i am like wow we have come a long way in terms of where the double xl freshman class started which was 2007 so larnell let me give you the 2007 list of who okay. were the first ones to like just come out the gate <laughs> <laughs> this is just take this shit all the way back so we got sing on or sing on okay we got plies we got rich boy we got gorilla zoe we got papoose we got crooked eye we got lupe fiasco Lil boosie 
Joel Ortiz and Young Dro. That is one blast from the past. Like if those, like if these niggas did a versus, I'd watch it. But this is this is some old school shit at this point. Yeah. This is 2007. Yes, I was. <laughs> you know, I was a big Young Dro fan. Like Young Dro to me was very underrated. Why do you feel like he was very underrated? I did like me some Young Dro, but I believe because so much of the hip hop at that time was coming from the South yeah. and like the South and the Midwest because of the great the great Black migration. I, in my opinion, is very cultural. Mm -hmm. Why the South and the Midwest are so tight? You know, your granny in Mississippi, she send you your, your parents send you down there for the summer. You hang out with your cousins. You listen to the music they listen exactly. to. So when the South. So when the South got really big in terms of hip hop, Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, we were we were right next to them in terms of like supporting them, yeah. listening, like pull, pulling it out because the West and the East mm -hmm. were like niggas. We're the best at hip hop. We don't want it. We don't give a fuck where else you live in the Americas. If you're not from the East Coast or the, or the West Coast, your hip hop don't mean anything. So that's when when Outkast won at the Source Awards. Yeah. And pretty much Andre was like, you bitches will start looking at us now that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. His favorite. I, I appreciate a lot of the Southern music. I appreciate Young Dro. But what do you know about Young Dro and, and why do you feel like he's underrated? Um, well, his lyrics. Like, he was definitely on point. Like, he was right underneath T.I. I mean, he was signed to T.I.'s label. Um, and the few records he had, I remember him coming to Chicago and I met him at Power 92 and they were just going through some of the records that he was putting out. And he had some really good records that I feel that really could have had radio play. But I just don't know what happened with the backing. I don't know what happened with T.I.'s label, why they didn't push him as hard as they pushed T.I., of course. Um, so that, that perspective for me, I was like, yo, dude, it's cold. Like, dude was just serious to me. And then, um, yeah. even with that, like I said, like you said, the South, you had Jeezy at the time taking off. You know, T.I. was on a on a rampage. He had ATL coming out. He had, like, a whole yeah. <laughs> five years of hit records. So I really think... Yeah, the Houston. I want to yeah. shout out Texas alongside. I want to shout out Texas alongside... Uh, Georgia at the time because between like Bun B and UGK mm. and Paul Wall Ooh, like that shit also did amazing rounds during that time. I remember uh, New Orleans had a had a small slight in that with Webby. Hell Webby yeah, hell yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out to New Orleans. Right. You know, wipe me down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lose at the club, wipe each other down. Like, uh. so yeah. That is true. We, as Chicagoans, we definitely appreciate a dancing ass record. So if you got <laughs> us out here for the 992,000 shaking ass, you already got a hit in our eyes. Swag surfing all the way, baby. <laughs> Swag surfing all the way. Right, cranking that Batman, like whatever the fuck we could figure out, but we were gonna dance. We was gonna dance. <laughs> exactly, we was gonna, we will. you gotta dance with your record? Cool. Just think about, just imagine if TikTok existed and those dance era. Uh, those kids don't even know the type of durability our knees used to have. Like these TikTok dances are not even that fucking hard. And that's, and I, I am a professional dancer, so I am a little biased, but those dances are not as hard as having to figure out 
how to like pop lock and drop it 11 times straight <laughs> like the endurance that comes with that no fucking tiktok dance will ever compare to pop lock and drop it 11 times straight <laughs> so they get the fuck out of you gotta get you gotta have you gotta have make the style your knees for that you do <laughs> shout out to Meg. So another very interesting thing that I've noticed with the double XL cover is its progression in terms of the type of artists that we've seen. So knowing that we just had some lyricists, I'm just even looking at Papoose's name mm-hmm. in 2007. Just knowing that we had lyricists, some real gangster ass shit that was coming from all sides of our country come out in 2007 by the time we get to which is the year that you said is one of your top years by the time we get to 2010 we're seeing now different styles different eras Mm -hmm. different players in the game for instance we have big sean that's on the 2010 list which is like one of the first midwest an amazing big midwest rapper of course we're having j cole on the list so now we got niggas from north carolina so like why would you say 2010 for you just like kind of pops out as like one of your top years? 2010 popped out because I was a J. I, I became a J. Cole fan, and I liked his marketing yeah. at that. Yeah, it was easy to be a J. Cole fan yeah. when he came. <laughs> when he came out, he did that dollar dollar bill tour where it was like a dollar to come see yeah. him. I when I saw him, never. I was like, yeah. I could never get tickets. I could never <laughs> get tickets. You had to move quick back then, and. But to your point, the marketing behind that is fantastic because we were all broke college students at that time. Yeah. Shit that niggas can relate to always is gonna do well. Yeah, I was when that when that when that came out, when J. Cole came out, that that set the tone for me to be like, okay, you got a dude from the Carolinas rapping. Let's see where he goes with this. And then you had Big Sean. And a lot of people didn't know, like I remember watching an interview with um uh, I think it was Wale, and he was like, you know, me, Big Sean, and J. Cole was on a college tour together. And he like, bro, we wasn't nowhere near famous. We was, we had a great buzz. He, I think Wale had Nike boots out at the time, and Big Sean was just, just now in the market. J. Cole was in the market. And they was like, bro, we literally had $200 just to get to the next city. It was just the grind that it took them to even see where they at now made me respect them now more than ever because these artists nowadays they just yeah. go for a single that's it and they be like oh okay that's they don't they don't see that that 20 city mm-hmm. college grind and sometimes you go into shows where it's only like a hundred people in the audience you know what I'm saying like the, that it hurts your pride when you got a hit record and it's only like a hundred people in the audience you know I will say this as we look at so as we look at 2010 right. And we're talking about marketing strategies. I also have to mention Nipsey's. Oh. From what I can remember, Nipsey was selling his mixtapes for like a hundred bucks, but it was just the exclusivity yeah. of it that niggas was like, I'm a fuck with this. Cause clearly it's something to it. As for a hundred dollars, yes. Um, and that and that and I have to say I didn't get on Nipsey Hustle for maybe two years before he passed away. I was super late on Nipsey. And when I finally got up on Nipsey Hustle, I really dug back into his catalog. I was like, yo, Buddy had heat. Like, heat, heat. And I was like, yo, I'm so mad that I snooze. There's just some artists that I just picked up on and didn't really, you know, give that full attention to at the very beginning. 
And then like, you know, God bless the soul, you know, rest in peace, Nipsey, since he's not around. I was like, damn. Right. That's crazy, because I could have went to plenty of shows with him to see him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's crazy, kind of looking back at this year and being like, this year had the greats. Yeah. And it's interesting because sometimes, in my opinion, Double XL gets it right. So when we're looking at the list of 2010, just for those who want to know like who's on the list, we have J. Cole, Peel, Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle, Freddie Gibbs, Big Sean, Wiz Khalifa, OJ the Juice Man, which I don't give a I don't give a fuck who has to say anything about it. OJ the Juice Man belongs in the Hall of Fame. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> One brick, two brick, quarter pack. That was my shit. That nigga belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't give a fuck. J-Rock, Fashad, and Donis. So this was a heavy, heavy yeah. year of just greats that we see that have materialized to greats today. So a lot of times, in my opinion, XXL gets it right. Mm-hmm. As I was telling you earlier, where XXL got it the fuck wrong is why is Iggy Azalea in 2012 their first female MC to be on this list? That... Itches my ass in a different kind of way that I don't, I can't even put into words. You know what? <laughs> I, that right there, I think was a was a, was politics. I think Ti was he, like I said, Ti had that run. He had Grand Hustle. He had affiliation with Iggy Azalea. I think he even she was either signed to his label, or in some case maybe she was white. She's from Australia. I think that was a politic move. Oh. Like, hey. Uh, you know, once y'all put my artist on fresh mm-hmm. <laughs> the class, and I throw y'all some dollars or something because she was horrible. I can't even. Ma- exactly. I can't. I don't even know Iggy Azalea's song. And my thing is this: with her, we, as most men, we looked at her body more than we looked at her lyrics. And I looked at her body and was like, that's why she's on this fucking cover. And it's frustrating. It's absolutely upsetting. To tell you the truth, 2012 was such a fluke-ass year. Um, just, <laughs> just a rundown for those who would like to know who was in 2012. We have Future, Kidding, Danny Brown, French Montana, Macklemore, Don Tripp, Machine Gun Kelly, Hobson, Iggy Azalea, and Roscoe Dash. Ain't none of them. Baby, and even with Future being the biggest name from that year, that nigga, King Toxic, amazing when it comes to knowing the formula of creating hits. But I would never put that nigga in my top 10. And we all know he is not a lyricist. Oh, yeah, I would never. So, no one from that, it's only Future and French Montana that's still relevant to this day. And French Montana just dropped the album like maybe two, three days ago. With uh, Harry Frog, and I didn't even pay attention to it. I didn't even never even crossed right. my mind. And I love French Montana. You know, like I would agree. French French Montana and Future are probably the biggest names out of the 2012 Double XL freshman class. Yeah. And I hate to say it, yeah. I don't hate to say it actually, but I only know Machine Gun Kelly right now is only relevant because of who he's about to marry, and he got dissed on like his own track or something. It was like a white boy mm-hmm. drive by between him and Eminem a couple months ago. And I was like, this is, this mayonnaise caucasity is ridiculous <laughs> and I'm not, I don't want no parts of it. I'm not listening to none of their shits. And we just moved the fuck on. It, 2012, in my opinion, was a fucking fluke. And it was horrible 
that Iggy Azalea is in history as being their first female MC on a cover. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I do want to go ahead and do a little Chicago shout out to the year 2014, mm-hmm. which I think had like the most Chicago rappers. I was like, so now we're starting to see Midwest sounds mm-hmm. start to progress throughout the list. Because at first, of course, it was the South and the South were doing fantastic. And then we're seeing the Carolinas and we're seeing Florida make some influences. Mm-hmm. New Orleans make some influences. Right. But now we're seeing drill. Yeah. And when that shit became popular, I was like, oh no, this. <laughs> it, when drill got popular, it's like, it's like your, it's like your, your favorite chocolate cake that you eat late at night. It's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> you love that shit. But nobody else is supposed to know this is what you listen to and that you love this shit. Like people weren't supposed to know that the women here are as rough as the niggas when Finito go up. Like it's- mm, <laughs> mm, But we got an opportunity to put our sound on the map yeah. in a different kind of way. And we've never seen it. We've not seen it in this way through Common. We've not seen it in this way through Kanye West. We've not seen it this way through okay. Lupe Fiasco. I w- we've seen a little bit through Do or Die. We've seen a little bit through Twista. But what I mean by it's like the street authentic yeah. sound. <laughs> I started working with Flawless Inc. right at that time. What a lot of people don't know is that Little Dirk and King Louie King Louie is actually, King Louie's brother, Pac, is actually the person that started Drill. Dirk and Keith is the one that made it global. Little history, little history. Right. Okay, And Dirk and Louie were best friends at one point in time. Their crews and their friends didn't get along, and that's what caused the separation. God bless, you know, saying rest in peace to Dan Chino, which was Dirk's manager. Rest in peace to King Louis, uh, homeboy Crump that was killed, and a, a few other people that was killed on both sides of their camp that caused the friction between them two to split away. But I definitely do. I was mad because Louis should have been on that freshman cover because Louis had everything yeah. that Dirk had, but it was just. And at the time, Dirk was with Def Jam and they shelved him. And I remember being in Southwest by Southwest, which is a big festival in Austin, Texas. And it was me and a couple of other Chicago cats, shout out to Hustle Simmons. And we were standing there and Dirk was mad because Def Jam had took him off the stage because of whatever case may be. And he was upset about it. And Louie told him like, no, you're gonna go on that stage because French Montana said he's gonna give you a few minutes on his set to go out there and you're gonna throw up some L's and you're gonna let everybody know what it is. And those backdoor conversations really inspired me to look at Dirk in a different way. Cause I went out, I'm 42. I was at Lil Dirk uh, a month and a half ago at United Center because I saw the growth and I like to, I like to see it, you know, even though I'm still close with Louie, but I just love to see it. Yeah. But 2014, you had Chance the Rapper, you had Vic Mensa which was super dope to me because both of them brothers, especially Vic, personally is a solid dude. 
it was great to see the same cover at the same time in the same cipher. I was like, this is some Chicago shit that just warmed my little auntie heart. <laughs> to tell you right, the truth. and we can't forget Little Bibby. <laughs> little Bibby was also on that list too. When Little Bibby was on that list, I was like, here's the thing that I love. People were like, Little Bibby looked like a killer. Yes, do not let <laughs> light skin fool you. Hey, yeah. Do not let light skin fool you. Everybody else thinks light skin niggas is soft. No, you want to see a hard light skin nigga come to Chicago. Yeah. Cause that's a little bit. Right, you go on Saturday night in uh, Essence <laughs> and, and talk that light skin shit if you want to. But just to do a full shout out to the 2014 XXL, yeah. we had Chance the Rapper, Rich Homie Kwan, Isaiah Rashad, which fucking loved his last project. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out to Isaiah Rashad to now also being what I can recall another person who was open about their sexuality on the list. So shout out to mm -hmm. him, Ty Dolla Sign. Lil Dirk, Kevin Gates, Troy Ave, Vic Mensa, Lil Bibby, John Connor, Jaren Benton, and August Alcina, which I think was like the first singing ass nigga on a cover. Yeah. <laughs> so I I gotta skip down to what I also will call out as a historic moment to 2019. The XXL freshman class featured three female MCs, which was the most on one cover. Mm -hmm which in my opinion, all these women were well-deserved to be on this cover. And then when I watched the ciphers, these women ran fucking circles around these dudes. Yeah. So just to give you all, just to give you all the list for 2019, we had the baby Dunna, commit the zine, blue face, YBN Corday, love him by the way, yeah. Roddy Rich, also love Roddy Rich. Rico Nasty, YK Osiris, Meg The Stallion, and Tierra Wack. Now, Tierra Wack said, cut that fucking beat and just went Philly on us. Like, her her cypher still sits in my mind to this day because it was so fucking fantastic. It gave me chills. Rico, it gave me fucking chills. Rico, Black people, we are not a monolith. All, and, what, and this is where I love stupid old, old head niggas like Jermaine Dupree, who say, oh, I don't really listen to the female rappers of today because all it's all stripper music. All they do is talk about shaking ass. No, nigga, that's what you think. And to the most part, that's what they push. Yeah. But there are women currently who are female MCs. First of all, if you just a, a rockhead want some alternative rap, yeah. go to Rico Nasty. If you want essentially MC light with queen, with a little bit of Rhapsody reincarnated get you Tierra Whack. Mm -hmm. And if you want your ass shaking music like you want your Kim's and you want your Fox's and you want your ass shaking music, then you have Megan. That Not only were all of these women absolutely talented and deserved to be on the cover, they also gave you three different variations of what a female MC can look like today because I think people fail to realize that not every woman out here is shaking ass. There's flavors for any type of rap hip-hop that you want y'all just gotta look for yeah. it and niggas are not willing to look for it they just bucket all the women up and be like God, it all, it's all shit uh, yeah and then we got and then we got this cover and these women ran circles around these men and i want every man out there who's like these women are only shaking ass in their songs today i want an apology <laughs> let me be the first to say that i've been a meg stallion fan since she came out because she, she, I think she knew that her marketing was going to make her sexy 
and we're going to market you this way. But she knew deep down inside, like people appreciate real raps. And and every booth, every freestyle she ever did, she gave 110%. And I was like, bro, like when people bring up women rappers now, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's cool. You know, Lil' Kim paved the way for majority of this to happen. But the bars are there. Granted, you probably won't see too many men playing a Meg to Stallion song riding down the street. But you guarantee True. they got they playing it somewhere in their house while they doing whatever they doing. It's just it just amazes me like um like how would I can play Lil' Kim drugs in my car all day. I can play Lil' Kim uh, Don't Want Dick Tonight. I can play Queen Bitch. All that shit in my car. And I have no... And, and I'm a, I'm a bang that shit. Like, bro, like, Meg The Stallion, there's a couple of records I fuck with from her, too, but you're right. I mean, a lot of guys don't really give women MCs the credit they need in this game and I hate I hated the fact that like they don't push Rhapsody the way they need to push her I hate the fact they don't push Britney Carter oh my God. the way they need to push yes. her you know there's women MCs out here that that are dope and just because we know sex sales should we not pay attention to the actual music and the artistry that some of these women are putting in their music? That's a fucking amazing. We we need another the creativity. Lord. The creativity. We need another Lauren. Right. To me, Rhapsody to me was a Lauren without the singing. Like she brought that yeah. to me. Yeah. But like <laughs> in my top, like okay, my top five doesn't have women in C. But my top 10 definitely has Lil' Kim and Foxy in there. And it definitely has Queen Latifah. Because Queen Latifah broke down the barrier. That's more than a lot of niggas. That's more than a lot of niggas can say. So yeah. I, snaps and claps. My, my first, <laughs> you know, my first taste of a woman MC was MC Light with Georgie Porgy. And then my other yes. part was Queen Latifah. Because my sister at the time went to Simeon High School you know she I was young I was like maybe like 9 or 10 years old and she's playing ladies first ladies first ooh and I was I was like hey what's this like I was vibing to it I just hate that you know Lil Kim made it sexual with the style because she was like yo we, we can talk about this too but I think the record labels really grasped hold to that it was like okay every female artist has to be like this and it doesn't have to be that the empowerment perspective comes in is that women too want sex women too have orgasms women too want to tell you all how your dicks aren't doing the job and you might need to use your tongue and the fact that we can be open and honest and very forthcoming in a world that says that women shouldn't be is empowering in itself. Because how you gonna tell me I can't talk about my puss and it's my puss? Exactly. Like, a lot of the lyrics that we saw at that time 
where men talking about pussies that they don't have and don't own. And here we are in the year of our Lord, 2022, and we still have men talking about pussies that they do not have and they think that they own and control. We've seen that as a theme in various industries as women. So Kim is like, well, if you motherfuckers gonna be, if y'all gonna be out here talking about bitches and hoes, well, I'm gonna talk about my bitches and hoes. Exactly. Like how many, like how many licks I, sh- I had no business listening to that song when I was. <laughs> I had no business listening to that song, but I knew every fucking word because for a change, it was a woman talking about the fact that she had all these men that were willing to take care of her, all these men that were fawning over her, all these men who thought she was pretty, where we never have heard that type of empowerment as a woman, or at least as a woman who loves rap and hip-hop right it's a different type of insanity to be a womanist and love hip-hop considering its history and the lyrics that i heard since i started listening to nwa to tupac to biggie like it was never it's never been a fucking break and now we get women like rhapsody now we get women like hey i'm gonna just keep it current like i love tira wet i absolutely love michaela 47 and I love even the work that like Bia is doing, like just being able to fuse her Puerto Rican heritage with music. Like I love the fact that we have Rico Nasty who is able to use punk. I love the fact that we have women out here like Kaluminati who are lyricists. We're able to see women show up in different kinds of ways. And it to a certain extent needed to start with the fact that we just had to come to the table with bars. Like, it would be different if Kim was like, well, I'm going to just, you know, show my titties and just like keep talking about like titty power. She actually had to be talented. Not only did we have to use sex, you also had to be talented. I fell in love with Nicki Minaj listening to her first mixtape to beam me up, Scotty. And I was like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) Like the fact that she's able to use, like the fact that she's able to use her inflection of different voices, different languages, different accents is very unique, something completely different from what we had before. And I'ma call it, I'ma call, I'ma call it how I see it. That's also one of the marketing strategies of why Cardi B has been so popular. Yes. Because to your point, you have to be talented, but you also have to be relatable. And if that shit is real, it's real. And nothing's more real than watching a reality TV star actually make it out the mud yeah. and then hit fame. That's admirable. So we're able to use all these different platforms in ways that were only accessible to men. And now that women are able to rap rap and niggas actually have to be talented. And now they have to not only be talented amongst the men who are their peers, they now have to be talented amongst the women. I've seen some some misogyny, some sexism come up in the ranks of the hip hop world. And I'm not happy about it. You know? Yeah, it is. It's, It's definitely that. I mean, Nicki Minaj, that first mixtape was so crazy. Right. So, a little history. We was doing, me and my brother Affairs was doing college night at Secrets Nightclub on 142nd of Chicago Road. Ooh, you showing your age. Right. And (laughs) we, we brought Nicki Minaj out there to perform. When I tell you, when the word got out that she was performing four days before that night, that line was damn near three blocks long. We packed 900 some kids into that nightclub 
And when she hit yep. that stage, it we had girls there that when we played Nikki Records, they would like literally get on stage and perform. It was one girl named Brittany. She knew every Nicki Minaj song. And every time we played Nicki Minaj, the host would bring on stage and she would do the whole verse. Like and the the girls would go crazy like she was Nicki. And then when we actually had Nikki yeah. there, we we gave her the opportunity to meet her face to face, take a picture, and everything like that. And then just the 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 love that Nikki got that night. I mean, that had to be the most insane night that we had next to Waka Flocka. You know what I'm saying? Like that night was definitely. But that one that one night made me a fan of Nikki. At that time, I was like, yo, like. Cause she got up there and she didn't have to perform. She was just supposed to come by and just speak, maybe do a rap. But she was like, no, the energy's so crazy that I'm going to do like four more records. And we like, go do what you do. <laughs> We're not going to stop you. We're not paying you for this. So do what you do. And she rocked that shit. And, and it was love. Yeah. And her being like one of the only women in like a, a young money group, which had fucking hitters yeah. and they all loved each other and they respected each other and the fact that very similarly to how like Eve was protected with like the Rough mm. Riders you kind of saw that with like Drake and you saw how she was protected with Wheezy and that gave her so much more one, respect one as an artist I don't mean to cut you off but can we shout out Eve for making Baby. fucking a song yes. about domestic violence and making it a number one record in America at that time played on every radio station I don't think she gets love yes. and respect for that like that was a huge fucking record and a lot of people did not like the fact that that record was number one but bro that G that shit was oh my god Yes, talk about it. Talk that about right it. There. And, you, and then you say to yourself, why? Why are people upset? Those are actual experiences of women who, unfortunately, we do not get platforms to really speak about the experiences because instead of us receiving assistance, a lot of people who are deemed our assailants see that as a jab instead of it being a, a place of accountability. And the fact that she was able to have, basically have women say to themselves, I too need to get assistance. This is how I can go about doing so. I'm not alone in this. Sometimes all you need to hear is that you're not alone in this. Exactly. To get enough strength to do something about your situation. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for calling that out because Eve is in my fucking top 10 for fucking sure. <laughs> And, and just to piggyback off that Nicki Minaj, the fact that she got on a record with top MCs and bodied everybody. I want this to just be memorialized at my funeral, <laughs> okay? I want you all to hear me and hear me good. If I don't hear Nicki's verse from Monster played at my repast, I'm coming down to haunt you all. <laughs> Point blank, period. Make it happen. And I'm done. Because you are correct. How the fuck do you get on a record with Kanye and I skip Kanye's part to go to yours? Right. Like, bitch, 
who do you think you are? I think I think that was probably the only first time Jay was like, "Can I redo my verse? I can't, I can't, I can't redo." Right. You turned it in already. I'm gonna need you to run that shit back because what she not gonna do is that. <laughs> like, no, nah, okay, that's how she coming. All right, cool. I'm gonna let that ride out. We gonna let we gonna let it. We gonna let the ride. Don't fucking put no salt on my good sis name, on my good Sagittarius sis name. Don't put no salt mm-hmm. on it. Cause look what the fuck she just did. Ate. Ate everybody. <laughs> everybody. And, and I will say that I appreciate that the women MCs of today, of 2022, are giving credit to Nicki Minaj in the in the way that Nicki gives her credit to Lauren, to Kim. Because we're kind of seeing, it's kind of crazy because I have to remind myself how old I am, that I am old enough now that I get to see crowns passed down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, you get to a point where you have to pass the crown down. So to see it, to see the transition, and it's like, okay, so who's got it now? Where is it going next? I appreciate a lot of the women understanding that you're not gonna get pushed by a label because you're a woman, because you're black, because you're fat. I'm thinking of like, oh my God, Chica is absolutely fucking fantastic. Also was a double XL artist. Mm-hmm. And we just know when you are a woman, when you are femme presenting, when you are dark skinned, when you are considered fat, record labels are not gonna push you. They say to themselves, we don't know what to do with you. And the beauty of technology and the beauty of social media is like, I don't give a fuck who you say I should be. I'm going to be me authentically. Yeah. Through, through the bullshit, I got a computer, I got a SoundCloud account, I got a iPhone with a camera, I'ma just make this shit work and then pop. One of my favorite weirdo success stories is Doja Cat. Like, I remember watching that goofy bitch do silly shit. <laughs> <laughs> like years and years ago and absolutely fell in love with her just, just like doing goofy shit. And to see her now, headlining a stadium tour with The weekend, it's like, fuck it, be you. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody say anything about an AR team in years. Cause niggas is like, for what? These, they come, people come prepackaged now. The artist comes prepackaged yeah. and they are authentically themselves. They have their own set of fans. They have their sound, they have their music. And at this point, what we've seen with Chance the Rapper, also another double XL artist, and with him winning a Grammy as a independent yeah. artist, fuck the label. You don't even need the label no, no more. You don't. You, don't even, you don't even need the fucking label no more. You know, one of one of my favorite artists that was on the double XL list, I'm looking it up now, going back, is Currency. And agree. I love Currency. I love though. Currency. And I don't mean to get off the women MC topic, but when you brought up underground and not needing a label, like he is the epitome. He is the poster child for underground music because like he said in interviews, you know, me and Wiz Khalif came out, came out at the same time. And he's way more popular than I am, but I don't want to be that popular. I can still go to the movies and I don't need security guards. I still get paid 20 grand a show and I do damn near 100 shows a year. I got 26 cars. My family's taken care of. My wife is taken care of. Whatever the case may be, I'm cool with being this artist and I can still call a Rick Ross or a Future or 
or anybody else to be like, hey, I need a verse from you. And they're not going to charge me shit because they respect the grind that I put in. The man puts out like six albums a year. The women artists that are coming out nowadays, they are like, fuck you, label. Like, only thing the label's going to give me is the fact that they're going to they're going to pay for what my my accessories, you know, they're going to they're going to give me the deal with with the fashion brands. They're going to have a hairstylist with me at all times. But I created this fan base without none of that. Who would you say is on your top five list? Uh, Like far as what, like just regular MCs? We'll do regular MCs. Yeah, uh, my top five is uh, Jay is my number one. Nas has came became my number two just because of the last three albums he's came out with. Um, my number three is Biggie. My number four is a uh, Jadakiss. No, no, matter of fact, no, no, my number four is uh, Styles. And then um, my number five is a uh, Fab. That's a pretty good list. I, 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 I fucks with Fab. I like his consistency. Um, Styles to me is like one of the hardest slept on rappers in a long time. Um, and I like his movement, how he's pushing the uh, the health and all that good stuff. And then like, you know, the top three is just Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. Like every rapper that gets in the game wants to be at Jay's level at the end of their career. You know, I'm dying for another J album. Like, I really want one more J album. Just give me one. You know what I mean? 444 to me was a great grown man album. Because mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. touched on, you know, as men, you fuck up. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I remember him doing that interview with uh, B-Dot and uh, Elliot Wilson when he was like, we ne- he like... Out of all my friends, after we had this conversation of the song 444, I never knew none of my friends was going through this until we sat and had this conversation. Like, they all had personal relationships with their wives or, or long-term girlfriends or whatever the case may be. And he like, and I never knew that because we really never did, really did discuss that. You know what I'm saying? Um... It brought out a lot of emotion. Like, you know, guys was like, started talking about going to therapy and, and, and actually fixing their marriage or fixing their relationship and owning up to their bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I was fucking up. I was not listening to you. I should have listened to you and I wasn't. And now you're in, we at this place where we're not really speaking. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think we need personally i think we need more music like that we need more grown music in that in 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 this world you know what i'm saying just for the shorties to understand that life is not just all fun and games and and doing dumb shit and doing scams and jumping on cars and doing crazy stuff it's more about you know respecting your elders and respecting the women that are around you we don't have that in rap and that's one thing that do do not like about hip hop now because we don't have enough of that and I wish we did thank you so much I love being able to just like do these hip hop downloads this has been a historic moment I appreciate you coming on Tackless Radio and I can't and I can't wait to get over there 
to your podcast, the Easily Offended Podcast, to go ahead and just make all your co-hosts mad. Yeah. So go ahead and tell the people more about your podcast. Drop your Instagram, drop your Twitter, your email. Where can they find you? Where's the next episodes? Give them everything. Um, actually, the next episode drops tomorrow um, at 3 p.m. Um, you can find us Easily Offended on YouTube. Um, we're also on Amazon Music, Google Play Music. Follow us on Instagram at Easily Offended Podcast. For any business inquiries, just pod easily at gmail.com. And man, that's it. Like, shout out to my my co-hosts, Rail, Chris, and uh Sean, uh, my editor, Nicolette. Um, you know, we just we just like to have conversation. We like to have people we like to make people laugh and make people think. And you know, we're here. And we, we're going to, the Chicago podcast is definitely, definitely going to be in the building next year at High Park Summerfest. And I want to give you a special shout out because like I said before, I always been a fan of your rants before the podcast. And I was so glad when you had finally said, I'm doing a podcast and this is what it is. I was like, you know what? That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Because your, your yes. thoughts, your thoughts. Thank you. Your thoughts bring noise into a sense of I think one I think me and you talked about it briefly a while ago when you talked about the things that women have to do to prepare themselves when they go outside and what women what men don't realize what y'all do like how you gotta make sure you have your keys in your hand and you don't leave out after nine o'clock at night or you walk on the in the the inside of the curb because you know just just little stuff like that People need to hear about that stuff because a lot of people don't know what women go through on a day-to-day basis, leaving out, especially if you're an attractive young lady going outside. Like, these brothers out here are crazy (laughs) as hell. They are. They are. Look, they are taking our fucking rights. So, look, I'm just trying to let people know that I am not yelling to be yelling for yelling's sake. I know that you all think that I do, but it is real out here. And it's just getting to a point where people are like, oh, my God. And I'm like, bitch, I told you. <laughs> but you know what? You'll, you'll listen to a Sagittarius the first time next time. huh? Man, so. you know what? You know, Sagittarius, <laughs> we don't like to repeat ourselves. We'd be like, bitch, I told you. No, we don't. I told you. You just didn't want to listen. Appreciate you <laughs> following me. No problem. I appreciate you following my rants. And uh, and I appreciate you following the podcast. So thank you so much for coming. Anytime. And we, we definitely will bring you on <laughs> as a guest at the Easily Offended Podcast very soon. I look forward to offending every single one of you. <laughs> we look forward to it. <laughs>